All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Week in Review podcast. Um, normally, Max Brantley and Lindsay Miller are here doing this, but we have an all-women lineup today. Um, we've got Hannah Bruner and Jenny Diaz from For Our People, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan group that helps connect citizens to the government that's making decisions for them. Um, and helps people engage. And uh, Jenny and Hannah are very interested in education issues uh, this legislative session that just started uh, last week. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, can you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Jenny. Happy to be here. Hi, I'm Hannah. Also happy to be here. And you guys can follow them on Twitter. Um, they do a pretty great job staying on top of everything that's happening at the Capitol minute by minute for the most part. Um, so that's a really good source of information. So we're going to jump in because it was a big, crazy week last week. Uh, new governor in town and she came on pretty strong, um, especially in the education realm. She had a couple of executive orders that she tossed out there, an unprecedented amount of executive orders, I think eight in the first week or maybe nine. Um, so can can you guys tell me a little bit about what um, what those executive orders uh, about education were about and what they might do or not do? Yeah, this is Jenny. I can jump in on this one. Um, well, a couple of her executive orders were um, kind of red meat to her base, as a lot of people have mentioned this last week. Um, she like went straight. Um, full full steam ahead on banning CRT, which is not taught in our schools, um, and then also banning the term Latinx. Um, so, like, really, neither of those executive orders do anything. They're just kind of like uh, fueling the flames of the culture wars. Um, but as far as her education executive order, that came last at the end of the week, um, kind of after the legislature had had wrapped up and gone home, um, and it supports her learns, um, I guess, philosophy for how she wants to reform education in the state. Um, and again, like the rhetoric around it was really aggressive as far as like stoking um, fears among school choice and like parental empowerment. Um, the executive order itself is like not half bad, in my opinion. Um, she talks about expanding pre-K and investing in um, literacy and bumping that up in the state. Um, she also talks about expanding vouchers. I'm sorry, not vouchers, but charter schools. Um, I guess taking charter school models that have worked and trying to replicate that. Um, and then she talks about implementing the school safety um, commission recommendations from um, this last year. Um, so kind of a broad, um, I guess, tackle at reforming public education, but it's not really been fleshed out into any kind of policy or legislation at this point. So I think a lot of people are wondering like what it what it would actually mean. Sure. And it seemed, um, you know, a lot of that executive order you're talking about seemed to be like, let's take stock of what's happening now and then make decisions, um, which, you know, is is great and good for a new administration. Um, I thought the executive order, uh, using the executive order to announce this was was a, an unusual approach 
um, it was, it was, I think it was, it was a mainly a, a messaging tactic to just kind of signal, Hey, I'm, I'm in here, I'm coming on strong and, uh, I'm going to make a big fuss about it. But what we're making a big fuss about kind of remains to be seen a little bit, but, um, kind of, you know, uh, Sanders, as I said, um, was, was, is pretty aggressive and pretty brawny about, um, her attitude toward reforming public education in whatever mysterious way is coming our way. Um, but Hannah, you uh, you were watching the committee meeting or the Senate meeting where um, our new um, education secretary was was in town and introducing himself. And he came on not quite as strong is, is what I understand. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know, he he came in and right at or right at the beginning you know he he seemed like a very likable person um he seems very kind and genuine and then he kind of started talking about sanders plan and it's obvious that he does support school choice but i think he's open to listening to other people when it comes to public schools because linda chesterfield did kind of call him out um and basically just pointed out that there are schools in our state that are literally falling apart and that before we focus on charter schools, we need to put in, we need to put the money back into those schools. Um, and he seemed receptive to, or he seemed to understand and made it a point to say that he would be visiting those schools in person, so. Okay, okay, well, that's a pretty good start. And also gold star for Hannah, who is sick, but is still podcasting with us. So thank you, Hannah. Um, so the executive orders, um, a few of them touched on education. Um, the one about um, CRT was clearly nothing but showboating since I think even um, Sanders has acknowledged multiple times that we really don't have any evidence of this happening anywhere. But, you know, there's a difference between messaging and governing and messaging was was clearly the goal on that one I, i'm pretty sure I, I don't think there's gonna be much to do as far as routing out crt in our k through 12s um but so looking ahead so what what are her plans for education we're not exactly sure uh we do know that a kind of a dc style omnibus education bill is coming our way um that uh mike wickline had a good story in the democrat gazette today um about lawmakers kind of looking ahead to see what might be coming our way. Um, and we're not exactly sure, but um, what do you guys think? What do you, what's, what's about to happen? Well, that that's a good question. I think this week will be um, a really important week for um, fleshing those details out. So it's a short week because um, Martin Luther King Day, they're off. Um, so they've got Tuesday through Thursday to really uh, pick up speed with kind of the meat um, as far as like proposing bills and actually getting them into committee and starting to see these details. Um, and, you know, as a caucus, I think the, the GOP needs to um, probably get on the same page with that. Um, in the same article you're referencing, Austin, the, the Wickline piece in the DimGaz, um, it seems to be a uh, a lot of people who are on board as far as like legislative leadership and the Senate, um, you know, Bart Hester is like all in for this learns omnibus bill, even though we haven't seen it. But then there are other members of the caucus who are kind of saying, well, 
I want to see some language first before I can say if I support it, which um, I appreciate that <laughs> as people who like to connect policy um, with how it impacts people's lives. Like we really do need to see what the policy and the language will be and how it will impact our Kansans. As you pointed out, the executive orders kind of are about taking stock and taking inventory of, of how our schools and our teachers are doing now um, and then kind of you know, putting reports together and getting back um, to the governor's office with those reports. But as far as legislation goes, I mean, that's we we haven't seen anything. So um, I think we can take a guess that it would include expanding um, the succeed, 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 excuse me, scholarship program, which is our voucher program here in the state. Um, it got a bump last legislative session to increase um, spending capacity, I expect that to happen again. Right now, the um, the scholarship program that gives vouchers um, for private school attendance or you know particular school choice for parents um, that is um, extended to families with disabilities and um, you know kids who have parents who are active duty military and then I think foster kids. Um, but it seems like they're going to push for expanding that criteria out to to serve more um kids um and so that'll be interesting to see the language behind that i think you just accidentally coined a pretty great um phrase that i think it is the secede scholarship where you're <laughs> you know, people who take advantage of it might be seceding from this social contract <laughs> to all invest in public education for all families so i yes i'm going with that from now now on good job thank you thank you um, one thing I noticed, um, as you mentioned, um, was that people um, are a little bit unclear about the literacy uh, rates in Arkansas that um, I think appear as, in, as a whereas uh, in, in a, a number of um, these executive orders. I think the, the statistic that we keep seeing is that 35% of third graders in Arkansas are not reading at grade level. And that is true and not great, uh, and also roughly on par with the national rate. I think it's there's a two percent um, percentage uh, difference between the national average and and Arkansas. So while I'm not saying that there's not room for improvement, I think that you know not providing context um, is the same as as being misleading. Um, so that's and something that I, a statistic that gets people riled, but I'm not sure that it means quite what people might think it means. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, Austin, I think it's interesting because, you know, that, that national reading level, um, for third or fourth grade or whatever it is, um, trends have gone down in literacy rates the last two years because of COVID. And that is a national trend. It's not particular to Arkansas. Um, and again, like, I think it's really interesting, this dichotomy between like messaging and then policy and how every, all the emphasis her first week in office has been put on this messaging component and not on the the policy component per se. We still haven't seen the policy proposal. Um, and in states where, you know, reading levels are soaring, <laughs> that same database, you know, like Colorado and um, Wyoming and Utah and Florida, I think have the four highest literacy rates. Um, and it's just a few percentage points higher than where we are in Arkansas. 
So I think it would be interesting. Now, obviously, we have um, the former um, Secretary of Education from Florida is now here. So, you know, what models did work in Florida and how can those be implemented to raise literacy rates? And then also, can we look to other states like Colorado and Wyoming um, and Utah and pull from um, policy that has worked for literacy rates instead of focusing on this, like, just messaging to kind of, I guess, yeah, lead people on um, without really giving them any information behind it. I would, I would love to see um, state leaders, including our new governor, um, prioritize maybe modeling um, legislation after places that have really had success in increasing their literacy rates. Well, on that note, um, we know that Sanders has RSVP'd yes. She will be uh, going to a rally planned this week. The The Koch brothers themselves are driving a school bus into, into Arkansas for a rally at the Capitol. Um, Betsy DeVos might be there. I don't know. Um, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rally um, put on by, I believe, Americans for Prosperity. It's a very conservative right-wing group, um, obviously pushing pushing vouchers, pushing, um, you know, public money for, for private schools. Um, and I understand that if that is not your bag, there is another event happening. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so um, we've heard that um, uh, Arkansas Strong in Education, which is um, a coalition that works on increasing teacher pay rates in the state, um, that they're having a Wear Red for Ed event. Um, it's the same day and the same time, I believe, um, the Americans for Prosperity um, presser with the governor is happening at 1030 on Thursday um, in the rotunda on the second floor of the Capitol. And the Wear Red for Ed group is going to um, show up to that same <laughs> event and take up space with their their red um, clothing and probably some signs, I would imagine, um, to kind of, you know, counter the narrative that um, we need to divest in public education um, in order to serve parents and this parental empowerment um, phrase. So, um, yeah, I think details will probably be circulating. So, yeah, pick your pick your pick your poison um, if you're interested in in public ed and the future of public education in our state. Um, I think you can go and probably probably find a spot, um, find some people to talk with that maybe agree with you or disagree with you. So it could be fun. I can't help it but notice that um, the culture war uh, level has has ramped up significantly in the last, what, uh, seven days. We have um, you know, this, this vouchers versus supporting public schools, um, thing happening. Um, and the Thursday rally, dueling rallies reminds me of the dueling story hours in Conway, uh, at the library this weekend. We had in one room, we had a drag queen story hour and the other, we had a, you know, a, a church, uh, story hour. Um, and it's, so it seems like the, the culture war stuff is really getting played up, um, you know, how, you know, do y'all have any tips on how to uh, kind of interpret that and how to, to keep your eye on the ball to figure out what's important, what's not? Wow, that's a really great question. Um, and Hannah, I'll let you chime in with your thoughts after this. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm kind of a nerd. I'm kind of a policy wonk. Like I want to see the details, and I want I want our elected leaders to be able to answer questions about these these policies that will impact people's lives. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm less interested in the messaging. Um, I'm interested in how the messaging, you know, stirs up those culture wars. To your point, Austin, um, but I'm also interested in like how do we bypass that when we're talking to these people publicly? Um, if we're going to be in the same space together on Thursday, um, is there a way to get somebody face to face, a legislator, somebody from the governor's office? Um, somebody somewhere and ask them these questions, you know, maybe off the record, it's just you as a constituent um, with that person and you ask them, hey, what does this actually mean? Here are my concerns um, and talk to people and share your um, lived experiences with them and share your concerns politely and respectfully. Um, to me, that's the most important thing is, is to, to take up space in those physical spaces because it gives you a chance to meet people and talk with them in person. Um, I'm less interested in, you know, going and like just having two groups yell at each other. Um, you know, is there some, you know, some understanding that we can come to on some of these issues? Um, and and that's an opportunity to me rather than um, like, let's go and get really angry and like lose sight of what we actually care about, which is, you know, making a state where our kids can thrive. Um, that every kid can thrive regardless of where they grow up or their zip code <laughs> to borrow language from from Governor Sanders. So that's that's I think is the opportunity there. Um, what I would encourage people to do. And that's also what I'm constantly um, you know telling myself to do as well. Gotcha. Hannah, any tips? Um, I mean, I would just say listen to Jenny. I think that's the only tip I can give. I love it. Always listen to Jenny. Okay. Wow. Bless, Hannah. Bless. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, that was very wonky. Thanks for walking out this morning about um, education in Arkansas. Um, it's kind of a mystery, but a lot of things heading our way. So we'll just brace ourselves and uh, catch up with you guys maybe next week. Thanks, Austin. Okay. Thank, thank you. Y'all.